I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, know you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. Just cruising around. That was what Rob Culbertson told me when he showed up in our sting house in Long Beach, California, 2006. Culberson said online that he was 40 when he was talking to someone he thought or who identified themselves as a 13-year-old boy. I remember Culberson's screen name well, WebDev2. He was a computer software designer, worked in the computer business in a number of different roles. But ironically, Culbertson reminds me of a fellow I met just last night. That's right. I am speaking to you from a location I will not disclose because we are in the middle of another new predator investigation. And one of the guys who's surfaced in this case, and I'm only talking about this because by the time you hear this podcast, we'll be done with this particular investigation. But one of the guys who surfaced, in fact, the first guy in the door for this investigation, actually showed up in a golf cart. He lived in the same community where the sting operation was being conducted. And he showed up for a 14-year-old boy. He had the same look and appearance and personality as Rob Culbertson. He gave me a little better interview than Rob did. But there'll be more to come on that as we launch my new crime streaming network, True Blue, on Thanksgiving Day. I don't know if this latest fellow will be in the first batch of Predator investigations to be released, but it'll be coming soon. You can catch more on that by checking out WatchTrueBlue.com. That's T-R-U-B-L-U. Anyway, back to Rob Culbertson, the predator I caught, who is the subject of this particular episode. Culbertson was what we call a fast mover. I think the time between first contact and him actually showing up at our home in Long Beach, California, 
was something like an hour and 13 minutes. Now, he didn't show up in a golf cart like my most recent predator I've caught, but he did ride his bicycle over, which was somewhat comical in a very serious criminal investigation. And there was no doubt then and no doubt now that Rob Culbertson would have had a sexual liaison with a 13-year-old boy. The Long Beach, California sting was interesting because it had only been months, really, since we had conducted an earlier investigation in Riverside County, California. In fact, if you'll recall, we had one fellow show up in Riverside and show up again in Long Beach. But Long Beach PD, a very professional group, as they all are, the ones we've worked with, really was helpful here. And I felt a little bad for Long Beach because it seemed that this particular part of the criminal justice system let law enforcement down. The sentences were pretty easy comparatively. And the California laws changed in the next year or so. Partly, I think, because of our predator investigations and the fact that I testified in front of Congress and people started to pay attention to this more closely. We'll get into Rob's sentence and the crime he committed more recently in just a moment here. But Culberson pops into a chat room and the decoy makes it really, really clear that he's 13. The decoy is really a volunteer, a contributor for Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group with which we worked in so many of our sting operations. We had two on-site decoys for this particular investigation in Long Beach. In this case, a 21-year-old named Dan, a theater student, who looked much younger than his 21 years, was on-site with us. And he was very, very good. He's very convincing. And so after a short chat, and I'll get into that in a second here, Culberson rides his bike from his house to our sting house. But let me give you a sense of the chat first. So at 10.21 on the night of September 9th, 2006, WebDev2 says, hi, what are you doing tonight? You like older guys? 40 here. Mm, yeah, that's a lie. 13-year-old boy says, ooh, yeah, I do. Okay, I'm 13. Really, he says. Now, this is in the very first seconds of the conversation. So the fact that he tries to tell me later that the boy or he thought the boy was 18 is absolute BS. Not only does he recognize the boy is telling him he's 13, he wants to make sure that it's all cool. It's not going to be cool, Rob. Where in Long Beach are you, says WebDev2, by 405 and Bellflower Boulevard? No way, says WebDev2. So am I. 
Oh, what a lucky coincidence. 13-year-old decoy says, damn, you're cute. Now, initially, Rob, a.k.a. WebDev2, tries to convince the boy to come over to his house. You want to come over? Decoy says, maybe if you're cool. I'm laid back, no pressure. What are you into doing? Then the decoy says, or you can come here because mom's working all night. And then the decoy says, cool, laid back is good. Where are you, says WebDev. Now he's already said the area where the house is. WebDev to what corner? Decoy says, you know where Carl's Jr. is? You have an address, says WebDev2? Yeah, but let's go a little slower, dude. I don't know you. You could be a killer. Then he says, near Spring Street, though. Why don't you come here, then? Says Rob. Okay, I know. Where are you, says the boy? Stearns and Fanwood, okay? Down Bellflower to Stearns, go left. About eight blocks to Fanwood, go right. So he's very specific in his directions to who he thinks is a 13-year-old boy. He's trying to lure a child to his residence. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. I am very excited because I just got the order form for the next batch of HelloFresh meals for the Hanson family. It's really an incredible way, a convenient way, an economical way to get fresh food delivered to your home to make wonderful meals, skip trips to the grocery store, and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall's coming, and that's going to signal a change in tastes for many households across America. Whether you're a household of one or a household of many, HelloFresh is the answer. HelloFresh is 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping, too. Time to cozy up and save money by cooking at home. With HelloFresh, ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days, so you know they're fresh. Plus, pre-portioned ingredients make cooking a snap and cut down on food waste. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Hanson65 and use code Hanson65 for 65% off, plus free shipping. The chat continues with WebDev2 saying, what you want to do? You don't party, right? Question mark says the 13-year-old boy. Good, I don't either. Parte as in, says the boy. Drugs, says WebDev2. Hell no, says the boy. Good, me either. I'm Tommy, what's your name? Rob, be right back. Hi, Rob. Hi. I thought you went off, maybe. No, says WebDev2. So you don't take shit, right? I think he's talking about drugs there. No, I don't. Cool, me either. You're not drunk, I hope, lol, says the boy. Because that sucks. Hell no, don't drink, he says. So what's up? Let's meet, says WebDev2. And, question mark, says the boy. Mess around. Now this is the first sexual innuendo in the chat. It's about 15 minutes in. Boy says, what's that mean? WebDev2, you okay with that? 
Boy says, but I haven't done a hell of a lot yet. Is that okay? That's fine, says WebDev2. Posing as a 40-year-old who's actually 49. I, like, again, for the thousandth time, why do these guys think it makes a difference in anybody's mind, including the target of their illegal predatory behavior, that he's 40 instead of 49? Somehow that makes these predators feel, I don't know, more attractive to a child? Less of a criminal? I've got to talk to a specialist, a therapist, to see why these guys do it. I mean, I think I get it. They're just trying to make themselves look more attractive by being younger. But certainly, a 40-year-old is no more attractive to a 13-year-old than a 49-year-old. Boy says, you're not going to hurt me, right? No, says WebDev2. Like, try anal, because I heard that shit hurts bad, and I never did it yet. Mm, I'm not that way, says WebDev2. Then what, says the boy. LOL. Sorry, I'm a little nervous, you know. I know, says WebDev2. As long as you don't try to do anal, I guess. LOL. Would you pick me up? No car, says WebDev2. Apparently he's not that successful in his computer business. I could meet you there. I'm just a few blocks down Stearns. First, WebDev2 tries to get the boy to meet him at a gas station. The boy indicates that he might be excited, curious about a sexual encounter. Says it's okay if WebDev2, Rob Culbertson, hangs there at the boy's house. If we can. Yeah, but Mom gets home around 8 in the morning, okay? If you want to come back here later, we could too. So now WebDev2 wants to not only come visit the boy after a sexually charged conversation, he wants the boy to then come back to his place. He says, I live alone. Boy says, maybe, but I'd have to figure out an excuse. It's cool. We can just hang out at your house. I will leave way before 8 a.m. What a guy. Then WebDev2 says, so what's up? Are you going to tell me? How to get to your place? Oh, yeah. I'm sick of typing. Rob was apparently getting impatient to sexually assault a child. You want to call me? He says. Then he gives the boy his number and sends him directions. So this ends at 11.02 p.m. Literally 40 minutes after the beginning of the chat, and then he heads over. So like I said earlier, Rob Culbertson was a fast mover. So we've got cameras outside the house. We've got monitors inside. You know the typical setup. We had one set in the house with a bar set up, drinks. And then we had a patio set up with a hot tub situation. We see Rob pull up on his bicycle. I think that was our walker. Definitely, that was our walker. There he is. Clear. Now, Rob's a little shaggy looking. He's got a lightweight sweatshirt, casual slacks. Pulls right up, parks his bike, heads to the front door. Decoy Dan lets him in. And... 
Dan's chatty. He, he is very convincing in his role. Rob Culbertson has a soft drink in his hand. Seems open to this entire encounter. Hey, come on in. How you doing, this? Tommy. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. What's going on? Not much. What's going on? Nothing much. Listen, I made up some drinks, so why don't you pour me some? There's a pitcher on top of the bar, and Rob makes himself right at home and pours some drinks. Decoy Dan suggests that maybe they get into the hot tub, and that he was going to change, and that maybe Rob would like to slip out of his clothes and get in the hot tub first. Rob says, at least to the first part of getting into the hot tub, that sounds cool. Still pouring his drinks. Decoy Dan says he's a little nervous. So what's you up to? Oh, nothing. I was thinking of actually getting in the hot tub. You think you might want to join me? That sounds cool. Yeah. I'm a little nervous, so um, do you want to go first? Take your clothes off? Mm. And we'll get in? I'm kind of nervous myself, too. Yeah. Culbertson says he's a little nervous himself, and it's hard to really figure out whether maybe Dan was acting a little too much. Maybe Culbertson heard something in the other room, one of my crew members. But he he gives this little side-to-side shrug like he's anxious, as he should be. He's about to try to commit a crime here. Actually, he's committed one with saying he wants to have sex with a 13-year-old boy online. Actually, I think I should be probably going. Why? But I'm not really comfortable with this. Why not? Because you're age. Now, Culbertson says he wants to go. He says he's uncomfortable with this. He's uncomfortable with the boy's age. Now, maybe that could be true, but he came this far. He made his intentions very clear in the chat. Did he suddenly think that maybe Decoy Dan was older than 13? Either way, it became clear that it was time for me to walk out and confront Rob Culbertson, a.k.a. WebDev2. How was the uh, walk over? The walk was over. Good, have a seat. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. I try to get Culbertson to have a seat. He insists upon standing, and I ask him what his plan was. What's your uh, plan tonight? Just out cruising around. Just out cruising around. Just out cruising around. Hmm. Like our latest friend at the golf cart. He's lying. Then I ask him how old he is. He's rather vague about that. He gives me, instead of a specific number, a range. 35 to 40. How old are you? 35, 40. 35, 40. You don't know the exact age. I'm 40. You're 40. Then he zeroes in on 40, but we already know he's 49. And here comes another line. When I ask Culbertson how old the boy was, he says 18, and he tries to stick to that story like I don't have the transcripts in front of me. And how old was the uh, boy you wanted to meet tonight? 18. How old did he say he was on the chat? 18. 18. Yes. 
and I can give you the chat, and I want you to tell me where it says that he's 18. I actually hand the chat over to him, the chat logs, and say, you tell me where it says he's 18. He claims that the profile said he was 18. But clearly, as you know, because I just read you the chat log at the beginning of this podcast, it was obvious the boy said he was 13. That's one about what his profile said. Profile said he was 13. But his profile says he's 18. No. He tells you right here it's 13. And then he tries to make me believe that this is all one big misunderstanding. I apologize for all this. I apologize for all this. Okay, I'm 13. Damn, you're cute. He says, but let's go a little slower, dude. Culbertson has decided he's had enough. Apologizes. Turns and leaves our sting house in Long Beach, California, but he doesn't get very far. Something on my way. I'm sorry about all this. Well, here's before you go, there's one thing you need to know, and that's I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on adults who meet kids on the internet for sex. Stop your bike. Stop your bike. Get on your knees. Get on your knees. There you go. Hands behind your head. Culbertson was one of those cases where if you didn't see it, it didn't happen, or at least in his own mind for a moment, because he turns to leave through the front door of the house. As I'm saying, I'm Chris Hansen, and that's the signal to the crew, the camera people to come out. And he never looks back. He walks right out of the door. His bicycle is right there. He gets on his bike starts to ride away and one of the camera guys goes out to show this and before he can get more than 15 feet Long Beach police are there he doesn't resist he gets off the bike and gets on his knees and is arrested Culbertson ultimately pleads no contest to the charges stemming from the Long Beach sting He never did post bail in his case or didn't for three months. And so he did spend three months in the county jail. And so when he was sentenced, he got time served. And as I mentioned earlier, a lot of these sentences in Long Beach were pretty lenient as far as I was concerned. And perverted justice and law enforcement all felt the same way as did many lawmakers across the country and in California specifically. So Culberson got three years probation on top of the three months he had already served. He had to pick up trash along the roadside for 60 days. He became a lifetime registered sex offender. And you would think that would be the end of the story for Rob Culberson, but it's not. And why he would commit this next crime is beyond anything for which I could come up with a justifiable reason. Culbertson actually in 2015 gets arrested for impersonating an officer, a police officer. And the story behind this is even more offensive. He decides to get online, being the computer web designer he is, WebDev2, 
and create a profile specifically intended to embarrass and harass a member of law enforcement. Now, why he would wait all these years after his initial arrest in 2006 to do this, or whether there was an incident in between or something we don't know about, that's unclear. But we do have court records. So according to these court records, and this comes from Culbertson's appeal of this case, but Culbertson pleaded no contest to impersonating a police officer and libeling this officer in a fraudulent Facebook profile. And he was slandering this police officer by making false and damaging statements. And this, you know, is very hurtful, even though you're a law enforcement officer or even a public figure like myself. When somebody creates a Facebook page or another social media post pretending to be you, and I've had this happen to me, saying awful things, it's hurtful. It's harassment. And people who do it think they can get away with it because they think they're clever on the internet like Culbertson thought he was. And all these things can be prosecuted, and I've had to do it a few times in my public life. Because you need to send a message to to people who do this. It's a continuation of predatory behavior. So Culbertson pleads no contest to this. And he's sentenced to three years in prison, but that sentence is suspended as long as he doesn't violate his probation. Now, for whatever reason, after all this is agreed to in court willingly by Culbertson, he decides to appeal this in California. And the appellate court examined the entire record and was satisfied that Culbertson had proper representation, that the sentencing was appropriate. And by the way, in a lot of other jurisdictions, if somebody was convicted for trying to rape a child, they would have gotten more than three months in county jail and probation and registration as a sex offender. And then to come back and harass a member of law enforcement by creating a Facebook page to embarrass that person and potentially impede their career advancement. In a lot of states, that human being would have gone to prison for a long time. Culbertson dodged a bullet. Where is he today? Well, Rob Culbertson, his full name was Rob Grant Culbertson. Now, mostly goes by, as far as we can tell, Rob Grant. And he lives in New Mexico, where he occasionally visits Grinder. I reached out to Rob, now Grant, formerly Culbertson. Left a message on what I think is his voicemail. I'd like to talk to him. We'll see if he gets back and I'll keep you posted. As you know... I like to hear from you on this podcast. And the vast majority of the time, I use recorded questions from those of you who send them in. And I think it's kind of a cool thing to do. But I do get questions from listeners that are written out and well thought out. And so today, I'm going to share with you one of those. 
This question comes from John in Philadelphia. Big fan of your work in the podcast, says John. Thank you, John. I have a question that probably isn't the most interesting to your viewers, but it's something I've always wondered about your shows and your mindset while talking to the people caught in your investigations. Do you know when talking to some of the more unique predators that they would be, quote, television gold? And if so, did this feeling change how you would interact with the predator? The first predator that comes to mind is when you were talking to Palumbo. I feel like you had to know that you hit the jackpot in terms of who showed up and will be seen by viewers for some of these guys. Thank you and looking forward to your next investigation, John. Thanks, John. You know, I try to be savvy when I do these interviews. The reality is I'm just trying to keep it all together and manage the room, so to speak. So I know I've got a limited amount of time to engage the predator. It would be easy to jump out of a back room like some of these vigilante predator catchers and just create 10 seconds or 10 minutes of dramatic video and browbeat them. And I'm not saying they don't deserve that, but that's not what I do. My job is to get inside these guys' heads. So I try to engage them. And yes, John, there are moments when I realize, oh my God, this is compelling television. Not only have we taken our viewers inside the commission of a felony, not only have we taken them on this journey of discovery to hear things they wouldn't normally hear, to see things they wouldn't normally see, but we get a sense for the mindset of a predator. And as I have said many times, if you can understand the mind of a predator, you can better protect yourselves, your children, from all sorts of predatory behavior online and in real life. But I do try to keep these moments going because they are very interesting to me. They do make compelling television. So in the case of Palumbo, for instance, yeah, I could have beat the hell out of this guy verbally. And I did ask challenging questions, difficult questions. But I do want to hear what this guy has to say. I mean, Palumbo, for instance... You know, I don't know if he was mentally challenged. You know, he had a kind of a strange speech pattern. You could feel sorry for a guy who had limited intellectual capacity. But at the end of the day, it's a grown man who is there to rape a child. And what's going to happen if a child is there and we're not there? A crime. That's what's going to happen. So when we prevent that from happening, when law enforcement across the country, across the world prevents that from happening, whether people see it or not, it's important. My job is to let people see it and hear it. And I will continue to do that. John, thanks for checking in. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, I want to remind you that the new Predator Investigations, as well as a lot of other very compelling stories on crime investigations that I have going will air on my new crime streaming network, True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U, premiering on Thanksgiving Day. You can also find me on 
Instagram, official Chris Hansen. TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen. Twitter, at Chris Hansen. And Cameo. And as always, you can reach me at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.